Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and of course, hello to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. It's good to have you back here in the Unlucky Lounge for a brand new episode of Draft and Draft Friday Night Podcast Edition. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of this, the Unlucky Lounge, and joining me as always is that 2-2 that's always there for you on turn number two, my bear friend Borok. Bears may not be in fashion in Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, but man, you always class up the place around here. I have to admire your tenacity, Corey, after taking such a savage beating at the arena open. Mm, turtle. You know what, Borak and Mr. Turtle? I get it. Wasn't a great showing, but I've licked my wounds, I've paid my dues, and it's the end of the week, and so that means it's time for all of us to celebrate together, and what better way of doing it than with a draft. But before we get to our F&P tradition, a few bits of housekeeping and upkeeping as always. This show is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, now just known as the Believe Network. Check them out, BLEAV.com, or wherever you download your audio goodness or enjoy your online content. They keep this show published, so you help us by keeping those midday blues away with Believe and pick up a few more of their shows along the way. And as always, this show is here because of all of you, my listeners. Thank you for giving us the best gift you could ever give somebody, and that is their time. And if you want to spend a little bit more time with us, find us on the socials on Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok, Draft and Draft Corey. You can find my Instagram, Corey Demone Enriquez. And if this show is giving you some joy, find us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash draft and draft. And the cool thing about patrons is they get the shows a day early. That's right. Friday comes a little bit earlier when you join the patronage here in the Unlucky Lounge. Well, friends, that is it for all the housekeeping and the upkeeping. The Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the Conjurer's Closet, and it's time for us to dip back into Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, but let's take a second to do a little temperature check on the format. How do we feel about it? What are things looking like, and where can we live the dreams? Well, I'm still enjoying this format quite a bit. It is a fun one, and, you know, that's even considering that the f- games tend to go a little bit long. It takes a little bit more to get through them, but it becomes this grindy matchup of who gets the best two-for-one value. And often, if you build your deck right, you get the right amount of card advantage, take your experimental synthesizers, take those seasons of renewal, and grind out the advantage with your sagas, you can find yourself victory even when things feel like they are for naught. I love slinging some value around. I know you do too, Mr. Turtle. Oh, you know me too well, Cory. In fact, value is my middle name. Turtle. Well, that seems pretty random. What a weird middle name that your turtle parents gave you. Well, actually, it's Filbert. But you get the point, Turtle. <laughs> Borok, you're right, that was a Rocco's Modern Life reference. Wait, Borok's getting the pop culture references now? Oh god, I'm gonna be out of a job soon. 
but I still press the buttons around here. I mean, someone's got to spend the gems, and, well, I'm your man to do it. But before we get to our draft, it's time for a little tradition. So grab a drink, grab a snack, maybe even crack a pack. Let's celebrate all the great that you are and did this week. This is the untapped step. Well, friends, the draft is ready. We are in the queue, and we are underway. Pick one, pack one, the rare, Kami of Transience. This is the 2-2 for one to green with Trample. When you cast an enchantment spell, you put a counter on it, and then at the beginning of each end step, if an enchantment was put into your graveyard from the battlefield this turn, you may return it from your graveyard to your hand. Great recurrable creature grows. It's pretty great, if I may say so myself. The uncommons, though, I like them all, and I've spoken about them all in their own right. We've got Reinforced Ronin, the 2-2 that returns your hand at the end of turn for a single red that has haste and then can channel to draw a card. The Runaway Trash Bot, which I've come down a little bit, but, you know, it's a big defensive creature that eventually becomes a really good swing, and you combine it with a trick, hey, you're in a good place. And then Containment Construct, a darling of a card with channel and some of the looting effects like Network Terminal, Sky, Swimmer, Koi, and of course all the channel cards. Does really great with that Reinforced Ronin in the pack, but we're going to try this Kami of Transients because it's just very, very good. Pick two, pack one. Oh boy. It's time to speak not what your draft deck can do for you but what you cannot speak about your draft deck. I don't know where I was going with that, but we've got Behold the Unspeakable here. Wow, what a saga. It's three blue blue, chapter one, creatures you don't control, get minus two minus, oh, until you end your turn. Chapter two, if you have one or fewer cards in hand, draw four cards, otherwise scry two, then draw two, and then it becomes a zero zero flying trampler with plus one plus one for each card in your hand. This card is dynamite. It's also an enchantment, so it goes with the Kami of Transience. If we're going to table anything in this pack, which we might, there's a Season of Renewal, which would do excellent in this deck. And even though we're just two picks in, another real truth of this format and this kind of deck is Green X Splashing. There tends to be a lot of ground to take a green deck and splash around with some of the best cards in the pack. And that means that we might be prioritizing some of the gain lands. The dual lands that enter the battlefield tapped, produce two colors, and then gains you a life. Let's see if we can find any here and pick three of pack one. There is no gain land in this pack, but there is Beseju who reaches skyward. Three and a green, again, Enchantment Saga. Chapter one, search for up to two basic forests, put them in your hand, put up to one target land card from your graveyard on top of your library for chapter two, but then it becomes another zero zero creature with reach and gets plus one plus one for each land you control. Wow, which one? Saga, Saga, Kami of Transience? That's great. For enchantments that we could maybe table out of this pack, there's Harmonious Emergence. That's the aura that can enchant a land, then it becomes a four or five with uh, Vigilance. Pretty good. There's also the Moon Snare Specialist. I do like that card quite a bit as a mana war, and does some good ninjutsu work as well. 
Well, the cool thing about this Green X deck is that it's flexible. Granted, we do have double pips and Behold the Unspeakable. I still think it's going to give us enough variants and routes that we can find a lot of flexibility. In fact, that flexibility might come through with this Dismal Backwater in this pack. It's the blue-black gain land. We can maybe splash some black with the... Intent of being blue-green as a base, yeah, that might work. There's also a network terminal. This is the Manolith that's really come around. Three colorless, tapped, add one mod of any color, and you pay one and tap it and tap an untapped artifact you control to draw a card and discard a card. How many times can you say tap on a card? Because this one does it a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I think we still want to go with the flexibility of the duel. Early duels pay dividends down the line as we go to pick five of pack two. There's another network terminal. There's also a Blossoming Sands. This is the white-green duel land. Possibility. The rare is still in the pack, which is Mirror Box. Not very good. There's Enthusiastic Mechanaut. What a great signpost on common. The red-blue flying that makes your artifact spells cost one last to cast. Really good. There's some bread and butter cards here. A mirror shell crab, the counter crab that becomes a 5-4 ward 3 for 7. So you can channel it for 2 and a blue to counter target spell or ability if it's controller pays 3. There's also a grafted growth, which can do some good work by adding additional colors. But now, I just want to keep my options open. Let's go with the Blossoming Sands, have two solid gain lands, and maybe we can make something cool happen with a lot of colors. Pick six of pack one. No more gain lands here, but there is a Jukai Preserver. The 3-3 three, three for three and a green. Enchantment creature, human druid. When it enters the battlefield, you put a counter on target creature you control. Then you can channel it for two and a green. Discard it. And then put a plus one, plus one counter on each of up to two target creatures you control. In the green-blue world of things, there's also a Futurist Operative. The 3-4 three, for three and a blue that can become unblockable when it becomes tapped and... Works good with ninjutsu, not really quite what we're looking for here. Eh, for white or black cards, which are splash colors, really not too much. I think we're just going to take the solid Jukai Preserver. I was really high on this card going into this format, and it's going down a little bit, but still does enough work. I'd like to get the curve a little bit lower as we go to pick 7 of pack 1. Another gain land here in Windscarred Craig, but it's not even on one of our two main colors of green or blue, so I'm a little less excited to take that. There is the Discover the Impossible. This is the 2 and a blue instant. Look at the top 5 cards of your library. Exile one of them face down. Uh, if it is an instant that has a mono value of 2 or less, you can cast it. If not, you put it into your hand. Yeah, this pack is a pretty big whiff for us, so we'll take it, and I don't know if this is a signal or what it is, but, you know, we got four solid non-land cards with the Kami of Transience, Jukai Preserver, Basaju who reaches Skyward, and Behold the Unspeakable. We're down, but not out, as we go to pick eight of pack one. There is no enchantments I want to take here. There is a few low-curve cards in Ninja's Kunai, just a nice little bit of removal, which is something I'd be interested in picking up here in a base blue-green deck, and also a Papercraft Decoy. This is the 2-1 for 2 colorless. When it leaves the battlefield, you may pay 2. If you do, you draw a card. We can naturally pick up a few ninjutsu cards, and this card becomes real good. But for now, I think I'm going to take the Ninja's Kunai just for its nice removal flexibility. As we get our table pack, and we see that Runaway Trash Bot is here. Wow. 
I like this card enough to just snap it up. Once more, is that 04 for three colors. Trample gets plus one plus O for each artifact and or enchantment card in your graveyard. I think that's really quite nice. So, are you picking a four toughness creature for a cost of three? Looks like someone's being a turtle. <laughs> turtle. Dirtle Turtle, in fact, is our name there. What's more dirtly than an 04 that grows over time? I'm right there with you, Mr. Turtle. Pick 10, we see a careful cultivation. Now I'm interested in this card because it's got the enchantment side that helps with the Kami of Transients and the Runaway Trash Bot because it can be channeled as well. And I can see us trying to empty our hand pretty quickly here. Now there's a lot of people that are kind of off of ramp in this format, but with a Behold the Unspeakable, I think that can do some pretty good stuff for us. Pick 11, we'll pick up a Jukai Trainee. Don't necessarily want to play it, but we'll put it in the deck. As we go to garbage time here, going into pack two, I would love to find a little bit more removal. I mean, who doesn't say that going into pack two, right? And I would like to see if we can make these gain lands work. Can we find some good explosive high-end cards with getting a little payoff here from the early picks? Well, let's see. And our rare is Takanuma, Abandoned Mire, the legendary land that produces a black and then channels... By paying three to black, discarding it, mill three cards, and return a creature or planeswalker card from your graveyard to your hand. This ability costs one less for each legendary creature you control. Not bad, not bad. But speaking of taking advantage of some of the lands that we picked in pack one, there's Life of Tashiro Umazawa, one to black. For the enchantment saga, that is Umazawa Jite on chapters one and two. And then is a two, three on the other side that you can tap and pay a life to make a black to cast incense or sorceries with i'm pretty happy taking this card we've got a dismal backwater and this card really has pulled its weight in multiple points in the game granted real good in the early turns but if we can try to keep an eye out for some more black splashes this is going to do real well for us as we go to pick two of pack two well another legendary land is in this pack and that is Iganjo, Seed of the Empire, one of the better ones here in the limited environment. But there's also the Blue Shrine. Now that's fascinating, my unlucky lounge rats. If we pick up another shrine along the way, it could fuel this. Ahem, excuse me, Cory. Isn't there a certain enchantment card type you want to consider here, Turtle? I know you want the shrine. I know you do, Mr. Turtle, but... There's also that long reach of night. Look, Corey, wouldn't you say that the Sacrifice Saga works a little bit better in the early game and splashing it means it might not do what you want it to, turtle? Okay, you make a good point. Splashing for long reach of night is not as good as actually playing it as one of our main colors. And besides that, I mean, there's a Fang of Shigeki. That card's really good, and it is an enchantment. But you can get a 1-1 one, one Death Toucher for 1 mana in any set. This set has shrines. Turtle! I'm sorry, Mr. Turtle. I, I think we can actually table the shrine. And if we do, we might just consider it. I think we just gotta go with the Fang of Shigeki, though. It's just real good. No, Turtle. Okay. We have seen the blue shrine so many times, Mr. Turtle, in these FNMs. And now we're seeing it again. I get it. It's calling to us, but there's a Tales of Master Sheshiro. It's the five-cost saga that turns into a five-five Vigilance Trample. 
It's so good. Listen to the packs, Corey. They're trying to tell you something, turtle. I think seeing two is going to make it more likely that we might table one. No. For now, I just think the sagas are oh. hard to argue with. They're just so good. Turtle. There's also a Tomio safekeeping. If we table that, that might also be a pick. Who knows? Let's go to pick four of pack two. Uncommons are a secluded courtyard, the tribal land that can produce mana of any color to the tribe you declare when it enters the battlefield. It's fine. There's also a Grave Lighter. Sky Swimmer Koi seems pretty good, but what we'll probably take here is Geothermal Kami. The 4 3 for 3 and a green. When it enters the battlefield, you may return an enchantment you control to its owner's hand. If you do, gain 3 life. It can reset the 4 sagas that we already have in our deck. And that number will only increase more. I like it. And it's making this careful consideration pick of making the 1-1 one, one that produces a green look much better. Because I really do think this deck could be potentially very mono-hungry. Pick 5 of pack 2. The rare is in the pack. It is a Boros 3-3 hasty creature. Not too interested in that. Besides that, ooh, this pack is kind of weak. There's a Story Weave, which is interesting. It's... Two and a green, an instant, choose one, put two counters on target creature control, or put two lore counters on target saga you control. And the next time one or more enchantment creatures enter the battlefield under your control this turn, it enters with two additional plus one, plus one counters on it. In general, it's kind of a weak card. In fact, I think I just want to take this Bamboo Grove Archer, the 3-3 three, three for one to green, defender reach, and then you can channel it for five to destroy a creature with flying. I could see wanting this card. We're going to gum up the board, I think, really well, and I'd rather just have a way to kind of answer some threats that we can't quite answer. Pick six of pack two. Well, there's another Jukai Preserver, but I do see another Gainland, the Thornwood Falls. That's the blue-green Gainland, and, you know, with the life of Toshiro Umazawa, I think that this is going to make it more likely we get to play these really high-value sagas and take good advantage of it. So I think we're going to scoop that up. There's a Grafted Growth in this pack too, which I would be interested in taking a little bit later on if we find one. But for now, that gain land is gonna do the body good. We've got three gain lands, we've got one Dismal Backwater, we've got one Thornwood Falls and a Blossoming Sands to hedge our bets to get a little bit more out of what our deck is giving us as we go to pick seven of pack two. I've seen this card a few times in this draft already, which is Web Spinner Cuff. This is the Tuna Green 1-4 Reach equipment creature that can give the equip creature plus one plus four but it's got reconfigure four it's real hard to make it work but don't discount the fact that it itself is just a reach turtle and in this format you kind of need some turtles turtle. you're right the mode of it just being a turtle is completely fair mr turtle and you know it's fine we'll scoop it up i don't know if we'll end up playing it but Going to pick eight of pack two. Eh, this one's kind of weak. There's an anchor to reality, which is the Tinker variant in this format. Boy, I don't think I'll ever play that card. And besides that, a lot of black middle cards I don't want to splash. A favor of Jukai, which I'll guess I'll take up, but let's just go to pick nine and see what we table. Okay. Well, there's another careful consideration, which I don't necessarily want to take, but a card that I've kind of come around to is Historian's Wisdom. This is two and a green, an enchantment aura, chance an artifact or creature, and then it gives a creature plus two, plus one, and if that creature has the greatest power amongst creatures on the battlefield, you draw a card. You know, it's actually quite serviceable. It 
puts itself in the graveyard relatively reasonably, which is nice with the trash bot and can recur with, say, a season of renewal. So I'll, I'll take it for now and pick 10 of pack two. <laughs> Nothing but black and red cards, none of which I want to splash. Maybe we'll still see that blue shrine as we go into pick 11 of pack two. But even if we don't, I'm not too sad at not seeing it. Uh, sorry, Mr. Turtle. But we do get a Tamiyo safekeeping for what it's worth. Indeed, that card has really come around. Especially with removal being so fickle. You can really blow out a combat trick or a just block to try and get advantage. <laughs> we could take this UR already dead. That's kind of a fun card in our deck. They'd never see that one coming because we're not even close to ninjas. And maybe, you know, we could use a little bit more removal. So let's scoop that up as we go to garbage time and... Hey, look, we tabled that story weave. Surprise, surprise. You know, we're positioning ourselves relatively well. We've already got 17 playables. We just need a few more and a couple things in the board that are not horrible, but, you know, we can still play. I would like a little bit more punch, even though we do currently have four sagas and a geothermal Kami. We've got the card advantage side of things sealed up. Love to find a Master's Rebuke, maybe even a Spinning Wheel Kick, but let's see what we get with pick one of pack three, and oh, there's some spice for us here. Now, there's another Saga for us in the Uncommon slot, Azusa's Many Journeys, one and a green that lets you play an additional land on chapter one, gain three life on two, and then you get a 3-3 three, three on the backside. You know... I like it, but it's calmed down for me. It's really temperamental. There's a Gloom Shrieker in this pack, the Eternal Witness of the format, but the rare is just so hard to deny. Shigeki, Jukai Visionary. The 1 3 for 1 to green. Legendary Enchantment Creature Snake Druid. You can pay 1 to green, tap it, return it to your hand, and then from the top 4 cards of your library, you may put a land on the battlefield tapped, and then it can also channel later on to get a bunch of cards out. Its channel cost is steep. Green, green, XX, but. You know, I am very willing to try to make it happen. Pick two of pack three. Well, there's an Invoke the Winds in this pack. But boy, that is greedy. And I don't know if I'm down for all of that greed. Uh, there is a couple good things, though, in this pack for us in the common slot. Season of Renewal. Tales of Master Sheshiro is the saga in this pack. But there is a Jungle Hollow, which would seal up the life of Tashiro Umazawa, and you are already dead quite nicely. And if we table the Gloom Shrieker, that would be awesome. I do want a Season of Renewal for this deck, though. Oh, this is tough. Let's take the Dual Land, though. I just... I want to make sure that we can play all of our cards. Pick three, another multicolor land. This one is Uncharted Haven, though. The one that enters the battlefield, you choose a color, and then you make a mana of the chosen color. But there is also a Master's Rebuke. We're doing pretty good on the power side with Beseju Reaches Skyward and Tales of Master Sheshiro and Behold the Unspeakable, so it does work as a pretty solid removal spell, and I do kind of want some playables after taking that extra, like, two-color land. So let's just take the Master's Rebuke. Nice with the Fang of Shigeki, and oh! There's that Go Shintai again. The blue one, there's so many blue ones in this draft. Man, the Deja Vu is strong. Do it, Corey. Turtle. Sorry, Mr. Turtle, we're not gonna take it though. No. We gotta pick up the Season of Renewal. Our deck is just such a good Season of Renewal deck. Turtle. We've got, what, at this point, 
Still four sagas, a lot of enchantment creatures, and just creatures in general. This card is kind of perfect for us as we go to pick five of pack three. Well, there's another gain land, the Rugged Highlands, which is the green-red one, but we have no reason to take it. There's a Sky Swimmer Koi, though. Granted, we only have two artifacts. It's, it's still a 3-3 flyer. Yeah, this pack truly is kind of weak for us. I'll pick up the flyer just as a way to kind of get into the sky and see what we get as we go to pick six of pack three. Well, we might add to our artifact count here. Circuit Mender, what a good little creature this one is. The 2-3 for three colorless. When it ETVs, you gain two life. When it leaves the battlefield, draw a card. Yeah, just a good way to put things on the board and do it with conviction. As we go to pick seven, eh, this is interesting. We've got Tamiyo's Completion, which is the enchantment aura that turns off a creature entirely. We've also got Thundersteel Colossus, the vehicle that has Trample Haste to 7-7 seven, seven for 7 and has Crew 2. Yeah, that's pretty good, but I think for now, just kind of want to scoop up a few more enchantments and a little bit more interaction. Let's take the Tamiyo's Completion and go to pick 8. Well, this pack is pretty bad. There's not much here. We've already reached our playables pretty confidently, but there's a planar incision, which is the flicker effect in the format, a short circuit, which is the sensory deprivation effect of the format, a future essential, the 6-6 vehicle uh, that crews for three. I'll take the short circuit and be happy to not play it. At this point, we've got 22 solid cards in our deck, and I would love to get a little bit more into it. As we are looking to our final table pack, what can we find? Hopefully a little piece of candy. Almost looking at this deck now, everything tops off at five. I kind of wish I would find one of those seven sevens. Not the seven seven, but there is a mirror shell crab in this pack. Kind of what the doctor ordered. Some nice top end with the counter magic on three. Wow, that was nice. Nice. quickly here as we go to garbage time and well it's time for you to get a little refresh my lucky lounge rats stick around we'll be back in just a second to put together this blue green splashing black draft deck here on friday night podcast Welcome back, all of my unlucky lounge rats. I hope you've refueled, refreshed, and good to see that you've returned as we break down this Cory, I have a shell to pick with you, turtle. Oh, I know where this is going. You said that you were going to take more shrines after your tough beats in the MTGA Arena Open. I know, turtle. I know. And you had ample opportunity to take it in this draft, but did you? No. No. No, you did not. <sighs> Why? You admitted that the shrines are better than people thought they were initially. I know what so I said. Why wouldn't you try to take it here? Uh, Turtle! Listen, Mr. Turtle. I respect your love of shrines. I will be on that hill. That not only are the shrines quite good, but they're high in narrative equity. They're a lot of fun to play. 
But some shrines just operate better than others, especially when you look at it compared to the rest of your draft deck. Certain shrines just do a lot better when you have multiples of them. The ones that operate with just themselves are playable by themselves. We're talking the green, white, and red shrines, but the black and blue ones... Well, to me, you need a little bit more shrine support before they become playable. And the blue one, while is a very nice defender, an 0-4 flyer for two, it's not necessarily where one wants to be at. I mean, if we're milling two cards, that's a clock. But one card a turn really doesn't do it fast enough. Well, I wipe my hands of this draft deck. And if you lose, I take no accountability. Turtle. <laughs> Yeah, he really doesn't ever take accountability, does he? In any case, let's talk about this deck and some of the fun opportunities that we have awaiting us. So, I think the real headliner of this deck is the fact that we ended up with four pretty good sagas. In our main green-blue color scheme, Tales of Master Shashiro, Behold the Unspeakable, Besager Reaches Skyward, and in our off-color, Life of Tashiro Umazawa. All four of these are very strong, and we've got some good support with them, like Kami of Transience and the Season of Renewal that we're packing in the deck as well. I feel pretty good that we've got our card advantage covered just by the nature of those cards, plus a Season of Renewal to back that up as well. Game on, friends. Game on. For the removal package, we're pretty medium. We're doing okay. We've got, say, a Master's Rebuke that's backed up with a Fang of Shigeki. We've got Tamiyo's Completion, which I think is going to serve us pretty well. In fact, I kind of wish I had a Shrine Steward to find either our Tamiyo's Completion or Historian's Wisdom. Granted, we'd have no Shrines to find. <laughs> Classic Mr. Turtle. But we don't need just that aura package. It's backed up with some good shrine synergies and a little bit of extra removal we haven't mentioned yet, like you are already dead, a ninja's kunai. Yeah, I think we're pretty good. That mirror shell crab came in the clutch at the end because besides the tales of Master Sheshiro and Behold the Unspeakable in our deck, we didn't have a lot of top end. And I'm very happy to be playing this card as either an early counterspell or a 5-7 ward 3. That thing is very hard to attack through. Not to mention as well a little extra power and card advantage in Shigeki, Jukai Visionary. And I think that a runaway trash bot will end up being like a solid 4-4 four, four for 3 if we do the deck right. And it's a pretty mid-range deck, this build. I'm not sad about it at all. I just think it's important to realize that when our deck kind of ends up in this not-quite-aggro, not-all-in value package, that we really have to up our play and know when we're changing from being the aggressor to the defensive player and then making the shift back and finding the windows of opportunity to edge in some points of damage, which is why Sky Swimmer Koi, the 3-3 flyer for 4, is still in our deck. I just want a solid flyer to punch through some damage. I think that's going to be helpful. So, the deck is set. The game is underway. Let's see if we can pull out a win here at Friday Night Podcast. Our game is underway, and we are on the play. Three forests, a circuit mender, a Basaju reaches skyward, and a geothermal kami alongside a Tamiyo's completion. It's a fine hand with a bit of interaction. It's a little bit slow, but 
I think I'm willing to keep this still. The Kami should get us some life back and allow us to get to the second half of this game. So I'm, I'm somewhat optimistic. There's plenty of life gain between that and the Circuit Mender that gives us a little bit more time as our opponent opens on Mountain and our first draw of the game finds us an island, which will give us a way to cast Artomio's completion. And our opponent rolls out their own island and they play, ooh, Containment Construct. That is a good card. We'll turn three Circuit Mender, but we need to be careful because that Containment Construct can be an engine unto itself. Makes me almost think about Tamio's completioning it here on turn four. I'll probably actually get the Besager Reaches Skyward out first, just to try and improve our draws a bit. As long as our opponent doesn't go ham with something, I think we have at least two or three turns before it gets really dangerous with, say, discard effects and channel effects. They play Simeon Sling for the turn, and they're going to equip onto their Containment Construct, but pass through the attack step. I agree with that pass. I certainly would not want to attack. We draw Shigeki, Jukai Visionary. Huh. You know, that is a pretty good card to see in this situation. It's going to give us a little bit more end game potential. We'll play our Besager Reaches Skyward, get two forests, and then pass the turn and let our opponent with two islands, mountain, and an equipped containment construct with a simian sling take their turn. Now, obviously, Chapter 2 of Besager Reaches Skyward is pretty much a blank, which is put up to one target land card from your graveyard on top of your library, but after that, we're going to have ourselves a big old Reach creature coming down the pipeline. And if I want a Geothermal Kami, I could do that as well. And we still have Tamio's Completion possible. Oh, they just played Sky Swimmer Koi. That is a great example of a car that I was kind of frightened of because that is going to allow their Containment Construct to do some really good work. And I think at this moment, I'd rather just Tamio's Completion that Containment Construct and call it a day. Certainly, they're going to get a few swings off of us, but at least now, until they can interact with that enchantment, they are not going to be able to net card advantage from that containment construct. That free trigger from Sky Summer Koi of draw a card and discard a card when you cast an artifact, oh, that would have been very good for our opponents. They're going to attack us for three, brings us down to 19, and they're going to play Heiko Yamakaze for their turn and pass through. Pretty good card, but ooh, we did draw ourselves a Master's Rebuke. That kind of changes the calculus just a bit here. What I could do now is play Shigeki past the turn and still have Master's Rebuke open. They need to do something pretty good to interact with our board and stop us as well from casting that Master's Rebuke. Because now Branch of Beseju is a 6-6 with Reach now that we've gotten to Chapter 3 of Beseju Reaches Skyward. Our opponent has no artifacts in their graveyard, which also means that Heiko Yamakaze is not necessarily the GOAT in this situation. <laughs> They're going to have to do a little bit of work. They play Tawashi Song Shaper, the DJ, the 2-2 two -two for 2, that gets plus 1 plus 0 oh when you have an artifact enter the battlefield under your control. Sky Summer Koi is going to trigger, allowing the draw discard. They could potentially discard an artifact. They don't. They discard an island. And now they get to make some choices here with their Simeon Sling if they want to re-equip and try to do something. I couldn't fathom exactly what they want to do here. My guess is they might try to equip and just pass the turn to be mana efficient. They have three cards in hand, we have four, and they are going to attack with the Sky Swimmer Koi. Okay, well, we're going to call their bluff and block with Branch of Beseju. 
Having a Master Dubuque as a backup plan here is quite nice. Let's see what they do. Maybe they have a combat trick or a removal spell. If they try to interact with this branch, the Master's Rebuke is going to be savage. We've got our block declared, and now our opponent is going in the tank. They're going to pass damage, and they're going to trade their 3-3 for a block. I imagine they're going to cast some kind of removal spell here. That would be my guess. And sure enough, Volted Surge is going to come down to try and finish off the branch of Aseju. This moment, I'm going to actually Master's Rebuke and destroy the Heiko Yamakaze before it gets kind of out of control. They do have the Containment Construct in their yard, and I'd rather just put that option away from their series of choices. But now that we have Shigeki in the yard, there is something pretty good that might happen here, which is channeling Shigeki and getting some of these cards back into our hand. Those cards being Besage Reaches Skyward, Master's Rebuke, and Tamiyo's Completion. I'm really under no pressure as we draw our Jungle Hollow, which now gets our You Are Already Dead live. So, cool. Let's pass the turn and see what our opponent is going to do. And if they want to attack, we can activate Shigeki, milling a few cards, and then returning it back to our hand, allowing us to be able to channel it for some good value. Our opponent plays Enthusiastic Mechanauts. Well, that would have been much better earlier in the game, but for now, it's just a 2-2 flyer for two, as they are now going to get into the red zone with their Tawashi Songshaper now 4-3, and we will happily block with Shigeki. They're going to deal damage to us because it is equipped with the Simeon Sling, but now we're going to activate Shigeki, mill, uh, look at the top four cards, and we will get... Huh. So there's a Swamp here, a Dismal Backwater, one of two choices, but the Mirashal Crab and the Ninja's Kunai are what's going to go into the graveyard for actual gas cards. Eh, we got some good choices here with our Shigeki. We're going to be able to channel it for a very large amount coming down the pipeline here. As we have four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ooh, doggy, that's a lot. So we can actually, on our turn here, I don't know what they're going to do with that enthusiastic Mechanaut, but we can block the Song Shaper. We can take one from the Sling if they choose not to re-equip and still channel Shigeki for three and bring back a handful of good cards. We do have a Tamiyo Safekeeping that did end up going to our hand on the draw step here. So that's going to do something nice, I think, for us too, but let's see what our opponent plans to do with three cards in hand, five lands on the battlefield, and we have five, nine. We're kind of getting it on a couple litmuses, but the tempo it looks like it's swinging in our favor here slowly. They're going to play an Iron Hoof Boar for their turn. That is aggressive. Well, they can certainly now get us for some fierce amount of damage, as they're going to go to the red zone with all their creatures. That's a 5-4, a 2-2, and the 4-3 Tawashi Song Shaper. My instincts here says to block with Circuit Mender, cast the Safekeeping to save it, and then you are already dead, the 5-4. It's going to allow us to sell Shigeki for 2 and still get something good out of this entire line that's happening. So let's pass the blockers. Let's block that 5-4. The good news is we're at 19, so I don't feel like I'm in too much damage of, too much danger of getting out of life range in the next couple turns. As we go up to 21 with the safekeeping, we're going to go down to 13 with this exchange. And our opponent plays a land for turn, and now it's time for us to get our value on. 
you are already dead is going to destroy the 5-4 Iron Hoof Boar. And now we've got 4-5-6. Yeah, I think Shigeki right now is probably worth it. We're going to channel it for two and bring back our two best cards from our graveyard. I think the two best are probably Mirror Shell Crab and I'm guessing the Visager reaches Skyward or maybe even just the Master's Rebuke. Visage is just a little bit slow at the moment, so you know what? I'm going to take that Master's Rebuke instead. These two cards combined together can allow me to deal with pretty much anything they have, and that Ward 3 is going to stop anything they could do. This is nice. We're going to play out that Crab as a 5-7. I'm going to get in there with the Circuit Mender. And, well, they're at 18. We're at 13. We've got a removal spell in hand, and I'm feeling pretty good about life right now. They only have 6 mana. So the Ward 3 on the Marishal Crab will be pretty hard for them to interact with. They have two cards in hand. We've got a hand with Master's Rebuke, Geothermal Kami, Jukai Preserver, and Historian's Wisdom. It's a lot of gas to have, friends, and not the bad kind of gas. I'm talking the good kind. Maybe they have an Explosive Entry, the Artifact Destruction spell. That would be pretty good against our Marishal Crab. But at least in that situation, we would be able to interact. They start with an Armed Guard Familiar, the Goblin Piker with Reconfigure, and Ward 2. Ward 2, wow. The card's got some good ward. And it looks like they're going to go to Reconfigure onto their Enthusiastic Mechanauts. Well, this is a good time as any to use that Mirror Shell Crab for what it intended to do, and that is to eat our opponent's Enthusiastic Mechanauts. Crab people are demolishing the battlefield. We draw a forest for turn, but our battlefield is starting to look pretty good, if I may say so myself. Let's start with Historian's Wisdom on the Circuit Mender. That's going to allow us to get in now for nine. And we still have the Geothermal Kami that can gain us a few life points and then also return that Historian's Wisdom. They're at 9, we're at 13, the Kami is going to come down onto the battlefield. Now, I could have put the Historian's Wisdom onto the Mirror Shell Crab, but at that point, I feel like they're just going to be able to start to, I don't know, just be able to block and we get through less damage. We're just kind of playing the mind game in that situation. But now we're going to play it onto our Geothermal Kami to draw a card, and that gives us a 6-4. I think at this point, going wide is going to be the best. We drew a Thornwood Falls for the trigger off of the Historian's Wisdom, and our battlefield is starting to look pretty good. Granted, we're flooding just a bit, and our opponent plays another Armed Guard Familiar. They are going to have an option of trying to stack tall with their three different reconfigure equipment creatures, and it looks like they are going to put, well, at least one of their Armed Guard Familiars on an Armed Guard Familiar. Kind of mental. However, we do still have a Jukai Preserver in our hand. Now we do have two lands. We are starting to get towards the end of our land count in general, but that's not a bad thing because the way our board is positioned, right now we've got three creatures. They've got two. We can attack with this Jukai Preserver, and pretty much no matter how they block, we're more likely than not going to be able to save our creatures. So they're going to block their 3-3 Song Shaper to our Circuit Mender and their 4-2 Arm Guard Familiar to our 6-4 Geothermal Kami. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what we like to call a blowout. Yes, we are going to put 
two counters on our two creatures, and that means that they are going to lose their creatures and we keep ours. Oh, that was pretty savage. Granted, they still have two equipment creatures left on their battlefield in the Simeon Sling and Arm Guard Familiar, but they're going to give us the good game. They're going to attack us for three, put us to 14, but that just about does it as we swing through and bring home the victory here on Friday Night Podcast. You can tell this format is just a little bit different than most considering the length of these Friday Night Podcast episodes. Grindy 2-for-1 game value and smart reconfigure play alongside having a plan seems to be the way to achieve victory here in Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. And if you take a temperature of how that game went, they barely interacted with our board at all. They had a single removal spell to help destroy the branch of Viseju, but I really didn't care much about losing that creature because I just had so much gas coming right behind it. It truly is a value player's format here as we return back to Kamigawa, but I want to know what you think out there. Are you enjoying this format? What deck has really spoken to you? I got to draft with a friend online the other week and we made the Mech Titan Core dream work. Oh, wow. Having a 10-10 flying lifelink haste creature with trample? Oh, couldn't ask for much more. And the stories to be told in this set still feel like they have plenty of chapters to be unfurled. And what chapters await us next? Well, to find out, find us on all those socials. Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Draft and Draft, Corey, Instagram, Corey, Demone, Enriquez. And if the show is giving you some joy, find us on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Draft and Draft. Links in the show description below. But hey, it looks like I found the bottom of my drink. And so we've reached the end of another episode. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok. And Mr. Turtle 2. Next time we're taking the shrines, turtle. Clearly he is in a bad shrine mood. <laughs> and this has been Draft and Draft Friday Night Podcast Edition. Now go out there and make some magical memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.